Eh, me encanta una frase que se llama arte es vida. Es como les digo yo, todos somos artistas. No, el arte se expresa en diferentes formas. Nada más hay que saber abrir el corazón y de diferentes maneras entenderlo. I love a phrase called art is life. It's like I tell everybody, we're all artists. We can all express ourselves and we can open our heart in different ways and we can create art with our own means in different ways. That is ceramic and clay artist and 2013 National Heritage Fellow, Veronica Castillo. And this is Artworks, the weekly podcast produced by the National Endowment for the Arts. I'm Josephine Reed. Veronica Castillo comes from generations of artists and brings their tradition of ceramic and clay sculptures into the 21st century. She's best known for her Tree of Life sculptures. Tree of Life typically consists of the trunk of a tree with delicate, intricate, and brightly painted little figurines hanging from its branches. This art form originated in and around Pueblo, Mexico, where Veronica was born and raised. Her father was a master artist, recognized with Mexico's most prestigious award, the National Prize of Sciences and Arts. She follows in her family's artistic footsteps while redefining the tradition and making it her own. Tree of Life sculptures traditionally depict religious scenes. Her father expanded the tradition to include scenes of everyday aspects of life. Veronica extended it again and creates innovative pieces that present contemporary social issues, such as violence against women. Whether religious, quotidian, or social comment, all of her beautifully crafted pieces tell a story. She created a tree of life, for example, that represents the history of Mole, while another mourns the death of hundreds of murdered women in the town of Juarez. Veronica moved to San Antonio when she was 24, inspired in part by the work she witnessed at the Esperanza Peace and Justice Center and its Mujer Artes, a women's ceramic and clay arts collective. There, Veronica served as teacher and artist-in-residence for years. Her work as a teacher has been nothing short of extraordinary. A notorious taskmaster, her teaching encourages students to learn about Mexican culture and create work that mirrors their own lives. But she also insists on high-quality work, an artistry, as she says, infused with spirit. It's little wonder she was named a 2013 National Heritage Fellow. I spoke with her backstage before her rehearsal for the Heritage Concert, with Jose Mendez Negrete translating. First, I'd like to congratulate you, Veronica. Your work is beautiful and really unlike anything I've ever seen. Muchísimas gracias. La aprecio bastante. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Well, first, I want to begin by talking about the traditional aspects of your art. Yeah, este, el origen de nosotros sobre lo que se le llama realmente uh, the traditional clay sculpture is called the Tree of Life. Its origins begin with our ancestors, and I'm going to tell you in a brief way where it comes from. It is known that the Tree of Life was a natural tree. It was a tree that gave fruit with a red heart. It was there that it began. So if two families wanted to establish connections with each other, 
to establish their friendship, they would make a present of the tree of life. That way, to appreciate life, to affirm life, to give a tree, a living tree that would give fruit. And from that grew these wonderful sculptures. Can you describe what these look like for people who haven't seen them? El árbol de la vida realmente era una rama hecha de cerámica cuando se formaba el compromiso, ¿verdad? That's the way it began, but it's more complex now. In the past, in the time of our ancestors, it was the branch of a tree with leaves, and the branch would have carved on its figures of children, flowers, and fruit, because the idea was the tree was a gesture of goodwill and a wish for prosperity. That was the intent of the initial tree. Cuando llegan los españoles, se agregan dos culturas when the Spaniards came to Mexico, the tree of life was transformed in the merger of indigenous and European cultures. Se agregan santos, ángeles de esas dos culturas, pero nunca se pierde la esencia de nuestra cultura prehispánica. Without losing the essence of pre-Hispanic culture, the Spanish and the indigenous come together and they added saints and other Christian icons like angels were added. Hasta la parte de arriba agregan a San Miguel o a San Rafael, que de una manera el mismo guerrero, pero también agregan dos flores en forma de sol, que era Dios Tonantiu. In addition to the angels, they added the archangel Raphael or Michael, and they added two sons on either sides of the tree, which represented the sun god. Mi padre, mi abuela, esto era de mi bisabuelo, mi abuela, mi abuela lo hace de una forma católica, donde crea una rama con hojas y manzanas, Adán y Eva, totalmente ya católico. My great-grandparents and the people of that generation creates a totally Catholic tree of life, that is apples, that is Adam and Eve, and that reproduces a Christian myth of origins. El árbol del pecado, le llamaban. Mm -hmm. They call it the tree of sin. Really? Yeah. Entonces, mi padre crea y transforma el árbol de la vida. My father decided to recreate and transform that message. Y es la base, el mundo, la, el centro de, del árbol, que es un tronco, Después, los, las ramas que semejan My father, working in clay, created a round foundation which represents the earth, and then there are seven candles representing the days of life. And so what he created is a tree of life that affirms that everyday experience in the life of people. Well, when did the tree of life move from being literally part of a tree to something that's worked on with clay? Desde, desde nuestra... Ya, yeah, exacto. Okay. Yeah. Well, you come from generations of artists. Your father was an artist. Did you work in his shop when you were younger? Did you watch as he created Trees of Life? Yeah. Estuve al lado de mi padre. Empezamos con cosas muy pequeñas y sencillas y simples. Y mi primera pieza que creé fue a la edad de 12 años. Yes, we started with very simple things, and I was in their workshop. But the first Tree of Life piece I worked on, I was 12 years old. You were 12 years old? What did it represent? Tell me about it. 
no lo van a creer, pero yo rompí totalmente el esquema de lo que era la tradición del árbol de la vida. You're not going to believe it, but with the first one, I broke the mold of what was traditionally a tree of life. Y este era una una placa donde mostraba un rancho, el campesino, la familia, I made a scene kind of like an agrarian environment with a ranch. There were people and it was innocent. It was beautiful, pastoral, and I just wanted to show the innocence of people that we were losing. Mi padre me preguntó, ¿por qué hiciste esta pieza? ¿Por qué no hiciste un árbol? My father asked me, why did you make this scenery? Why didn't you do a tree? I told him that peaceful pastoral scene is what I saw, and I wanted everyone to be able to see that and enjoy it. An art collector came, and he looked around, and he looked at mine, and he said, Bring that one down. And he said mine was really above everything else. He said, Esta pieza es la que yo quiero. This is the piece I want. Y dije, wow, 12 años y vendo mi primera pieza. Wow, I was just 12 years old when I sold my first piece. That's amazing. Yeah. There is so much involved in the actual physical work of making these pieces. You have to sculpt them from clay and the clay needs to be dried and then painted and then you have to sculpt and then paint these elaborate figurines and you have to place them on the tree. How did the process evolve? In the old times, everything that was done was done with natural paint that we created from bark in the trees, from different flowers, and we created those colors to make them work. That's why we could not create any fine work because you have to do it fresh when we are using natural paint. That's why the original works look somewhat rustic. Siempre tuvimos la fortuna que mi padre le gustaba mucho viajar y fuimos un día a Oaxaca. But when we were children, my father always liked to explore and he liked to travel. And one day we went to Oaxaca. Y en las pirámides de Biclan encontramos y descubrimos en un, un espacio, una pared de cientos de diseños que todos los cinco hermanos And there we went to the pyramid where we discovered a multiplicity of symbols and designs and we were fascinated and enthralled with them. And so we began to look at them and sketch them and we decided that we would incorporate them into our pieces. De ahí surge el cambio, surge la transformación del diseño fino y delicado. That is when we moved into the fine and delicate design that you now see in our trees of life. Just let me ask you a mundane question, and, and that is, when you begin a tree of life, is it completely planned in your mind? Is it designed in some way? Or do you just design it as you go? Tengo que primero pensarlo. Muchas veces son mis sueños. Muchas veces es lo que veo. Me voy a la cama, consulto. Sometimes it's my dreams. Sometimes it's what I see, and I consume myself with thinking of what I want to design 
what I want to create. I go to bed, I meditate, I think about what I want to do, and then before you know it, my heart is filled with inspiration and I have to create. So I get up and I begin the process of creating my clay pieces. Now, I had read that, in fact, when you were younger, you studied accounting and actually worked for a while as an accountant. Yeah, es cierto. Bueno, ahora no me engañan para hacer cuentas. <laughs> That's true. But nobody puts anything over on me when it comes to accounts of monies. Uh, I'm sure that's true. <laughs> Pero este, sí es cierto, mi papá tenía ese miedo de que el arte popular mexicano no nos diera una mejor calidad de vida y él por eso quería que estudiara. My father was frightened that the clay work, the folkloric popular expression of Mexico, the ceramic art would not give us a life to sustain ourselves, and so he insisted that I get an education so I could be prepared. Me gustó mucho esa carrera porque pude ver todavía más esa desigualdad, esas pésimas leyes, cómo son desigualdades que paga más el pobre que el millonario no paga nada. Me gustó mucho, aprendí mucho con esa carrera. I loved learning that career because I understood inequality of the context of accounting. I saw how the very wealthy seldom paid taxes, and the ones that carried the burden are the poor people. I discovered much as an accountant, and I was very proud to be able to explore that inequality that I experienced as an accountant. Pude ayudar mucha gente, y eso es mi satisfacción, y puedo seguir ayudando. <laughs> I helped many people in the process, and that is my satisfaction. But I can continue to help. You teach at a women's pottery cooperative in San Antonio, Esperanza House. Tell me about your work there. Esperanza Center, la conocí, me impactó lo que significaba en un país, con todo respeto, con un país capitalista e individualista, existiera una cooperativa. I was amazed to find a center where they were attempting to do cooperative artwork in a capitalistic, individualistic nation like the one we live in. Y cuando me dicen lo que era, significaba esta cooperativa, de cooperativa de mujer artes, y yo le pregunté a la directora, ¿sabes lo que estás diciendo cooperativa? When they told me about this cooperative, I was curious. So I asked her, do you really know what the meaning of cooperative is? Porque le dije, eh, con todo el perdón, pero creo que no lo conoces. Res me gusta mucho ese programa, Pelea por, por Paz. What was inspiring to me was what it was doing with the people, the skills that it was teaching, the issues of equality, justice, and peace. And that's what inspired me, and I decided that was an opportunity for me to be able to do something with people and to create change with people by teaching them my traditional art. In San Antonio, mi cultura y mi tradición, le pedí permiso, y él dijo, está bien, hazlo, porque son mujeres que lo necesitan. I asked my father, since he was the head of the workshop, for his permission to teach our tradition and teach our work. And he said, do it, because the people you want to do that with need the support and help. And he gave his blessings to me. I'm curious, how did the women there respond to you, and, and how did you respond to them? Pues todos se sorprendieron, todos querían, como decirlo, querían llenarse consigo mismas de una satisfacción. While I was there, more than 250 people went through. But what was inspiring for me 
was that the women were filled of themselves. They were able to find the goodness in themselves and the creativity. They really appreciated that I was there to teach them something that they could feel good about. De ahí han salido como de 250 personas, quizás 10 o 15 ejer siguen ejerciendo en sus propios talleres. From the 250 people that came through the courses I taught, there were from 10 to 15 individuals who have established their own workshops and who are sustaining themselves from the work that they have learned from me. That's it's great. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm really happy for me. <laughs> I'd like to talk to you about a couple of specific pieces, if we may. I'm sure. The first one I'd like to talk about is called Fragmenting Women, and you dedicated it to the women who were murdered in Juarez. And just a little background, there had been over 600 women murdered in Juarez whose killings were unsolved. Ese se llama El Árbol de la Vida Maquilando Mujeres. Esta pieza me costó muchísimo tiempo quitarme sentimientos muy profundos. That's another tree of life, fragmenting or severing women. That piece cost me my life. It was intense, expunging of the feelings and the emotions that invaded me when I began to do this piece. Esta pieza le des, al principio le puse que se llamaba que son todo todo I was este trying to give images that brought truth to light. And these horrific disseminations of women are not just happening in Juarez. They are global issues of the abuse of women. There is a blinded skull at the center of the piece. A blinded skull and it represents a justice system that is not just blind but dead. I couldn't create beautiful sculpted figures because human beings had been desecrated and all I could create was a reality of the horrors that they were living and surviving. The center, the men represent the misogyny, the hate against women and how they perpetrated these crimes upon young women who have no reason to be targeted. They are preyed upon and nobody does anything about it. You know, it reminded me of Frida Kahlo's painting, Just a Few Small Nips. And that's also a painting based on a real event in which a husband has stabbed his wife to death. And when arrested, he looked at the police and famously said, but I only gave her a few small nips. Yeah, pues Frida Kahlo mm, es una de las mujeres que me ha inspirado a mí que su sueño los, los llegó a plasmar. Y dije, bueno, ella lo puede plasmar en pintura. Me gusta pintar. She was an inspiration and a challenge for me at the same time because I knew that she could paint the reality of, of the inhumanity of people. And I thought I could do that with clay. So that was the dare for me, that I could create the same pieces in my own medium. Well, you're creating a language in many ways with clay and with paint. Eso es lo que les he dicho a mucha gente. El arte es un nuevo lenguaje siempre existido es un lenguaje it is a visual language that allows us to see reality as it is and it gives us a means for telling the world the inequalities and the experiences that people survive and getting across the points that we need to get across for people to be able to understand so people may not know how to read they may not read books but seeing the art and understanding the images that are presented to them 
they are able to receive that language that we create with the medium of art. Eh, me encanta una frase que se llama Arte es vida. I love a phrase called Art is life. Es como les digo yo, todos somos artistas. No, el arte se expresa en diferentes formas. Nada más hay que saber abrir el corazón y de diferentes maneras entenderlo. It's like I tell everybody, we're all artists. We can all express ourselves and we can open our heart in different ways and we can create art with our own means in different ways. And some people do it through food. I'd love to have you talk about a celebration of the everyday where you present the history of mole. Bueno, esta pieza es se hizo para el encuentro de dos de dos mundos de los 500 This piece was done for the 500th anniversary of the coming of Spaniards in Mexico to mark the joining of the two worlds. Yeah, en esta cuenta los mitos, las leyendas, vemos In this one, we understand myth, legend, and reflects the simple, the natural, the indigenous, the untamed, and the undulterated. The figures that are in color reflect the conquest. They reflect the mixture, the combination of different things, and the colonization of the people. The priest or the monk who is there represents another way of conquest instilling fear and teaching the indigenous that there is a heaven and a hell. Because they saw the indigenous practices as pagan and evil, and they didn't understand that for us, Mother Earth was our mother. The Earth Goddess was our mother, and she was the essence of life, and we revered her for who she was. Without her, we would not be ourselves. At the bottom, you have two indigenous people who are expressing their work with clay, because it is, after all, a piece about clay. So we wanted to demonstrate the meaning of the clay in their everyday life. Y la monja o la madre es Sor, Sor Clara. Era una monja que preparaba comidas año tras año. The nun is Sister Clara, who used to cook for the Viceroy when they came to Puebla in the convent of Santa Clara. She had cooked so many times for him and she was at her wit's end not knowing what to cook for him because everything she'd done before and had been exhausted. And so she prayed and she prayed for inspiration, and it was through this meditation and prayer that she came up with a recipe for mole. And she said in her dream she saw two angels who were descending upon her, and they were offering her a turkey. And other angels were coming down with baskets of different types of spices, chilies in particular, and more angels with chocolate. Entonces cuando despertó, Llamó a todas las monjas y dijo, ya está el platillo. And when she woke up, she called all the nuns and said, we've got the dish. Please go gather the material to make the mole. But she never grinded the corn. It was the indigenous people who made the meals. So she roasted the chiles and got all the spices, and she would tell the young indigenous woman who was grinding the chile, molière, which means to grind, and so from Molière, she came up with the term mole. And so that again represents the joining of two cultures to create a new one. So it's telling the story. And if you really look at all the particulars, you can see it's a contestation of history. There are many things I find remarkable about your art, but chief among them is the way you manage to represent both struggle and beauty simultaneously. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, 
¿cómo decirlo? Desde niña me ha inspirado esa inquietud, ese desarrollo. Aprecio todo nuestro arte, que es arte folclórico, arte tradicional, pero siempre dentro de mí me ha llamado ese, ese yo por dentro de darle voz a, nuestro, a mi arte. Since I was a child, I have come to the realization that I have a way of giving voice to the struggles of people, and that's something that called me or compelled me to look at the inequality that our people experience. Ah, but you do it with such beauty, and that's what I find really outstanding. <laughs> ¿Qué puedo decir más que gracias? Es, no quiero ser, llenarme de ego, pero soy inspirada por el mismo ser humano del que aprendo. What can I say to you? I am humbled by your compliments, but inspired by the same people whose rights I am trying to portray. Veronica, I love to hear you talk about your work, but unfortunately, I know you have to go to rehearsal. Thank you for giving me your time. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you so much. That was 2013 National Heritage Fellow, artist Veronica Castillo. You've been listening to Artworks, produced at the National Endowment for the Arts. The Artworks podcast is posted each Thursday at arts.gov. You can subscribe to Artworks at iTunes U. Just click on the iTunes link on our podcast page. Next week, we're kicking off Jazz Appreciation Month with the director of the band, Diva, drummer Sherry Miracle. To find out how art works in communities across the country, keep checking the Artworks blog or follow us at NEA Arts on Twitter. For the National Endowment for the Arts, I'm Josephine Reed. Thanks for listening.